0: As you make and post content, you will intuitively learn. You'll learn from other people, and you'll study things to help you learn, and there's all kinds of things you can watch and read. But as you find your way, you will learn what people respond to from you, and Mm -hmm. you will collect, if you will, or connect with people who get your vibe.
1: Is the show for me and you? And ooh, you got your friends see it through seeks laughter is medicine to hello my name is Angela Edge and this is the Edge Show.
2: Hey I'm Wendy Love Edge this is season seven episode seventeen social media the opinions expressed by our guests may not be those of A-Edge AH Productions. How are you doing today, Angela?
1: I'm doing great. I got a lot done. Oh,
2: well, that's In preparation good.
1: preparation for you coming home, I'm trying to clean the house.
2: <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that.
1: I haven't really worked on my office yet, so it's a good thing you all can only see this little box. <laughs>
2: Well, if you could see the rest of this room, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in this room that I've been staying in. Stuff that How I have to pack up. are going to all that
1: stuff in your car?
2: <laughs> I'm going to have to pack up real uh, soon. Mm-hmm.
1: You can start on it tonight like I did and do it a well, at a time. <laughs>
2: I would, but after I finish this show, I have to get all dressed up as uh, (laughs) Canapatra for um, an event that's happening for Halloween from the Cannabis Art Guild. So uh, I always have this packed life and I don't know what I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) pack.
1: That's very punny. Good
2: job. Isn't it, though? I think Flint, our editor, will really enjoy that. Yeah,
1: he'll really enjoy that. (laughs) So today's show, we're talking about social media.
2: We are. And uh, yeah, I have kind of sometimes a love-hate relationship with it. You know, it's kind of, I enjoy it um, and have been building social media for a while now.
1: Yeah. And then you kind of backed off a little bit.
2: Yeah, sometimes, you know, being seen and heard so much, uh, sometimes you need a little break. Um, mm-hmm. And so I tried to kind of back up a little bit. Also, I, you know, was preparing to work in a mainstream kind of job. And right. I thought, oh, I'll reduce my online presence a little bit <laughs> as a uh, interview and prepare for that.
1: Yeah, um, how'd that work for you? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> because it it doesn't really go away, your online presence. Once it's out there, it's just kind of there, right? It, it's
2: there, yeah. Yeah, I uh, well, I learned something today that I couldn't believe it. It turns out one of my employees apparently Googled me as she was starting her job, and she's mm-hmm. a, a new graduate, um, and um, she didn't really like what she saw. <laughs> Apparently, and you just uh, was, found
1: this out today?
2: I just found it out. And, you know, I have a good relationship with her. She ended up leaving uh, for other reasons. But um, I was really shocked that she told other employees, uh, you know, she said, do you know who that rehab manager is over at that place?
1: <laughs> so I'm just trying to figure out, like, what did she not like about your online presence? Like your political views, <sighs> cannabis? it's hard to know
2: because i just learned this today i don't know it could be any of those things right
1: (laughs) you'd never know today because any of those things just like by themselves could right uh thrown her off right each
2: one of them could be Mm -hmm. be a problem for someone Uh, you know i always say i'm like a a bunch of minorities rolled into one you know um so i i don't know um but it really surprised me because the reason I tried to step back a little bit I was, is I was worried about employers, not yeah. employees.
1: <laughs> yeah. Huh.
2: It's interesting. It, but your
1: employers, they found out about it too and they were fine with it.
2: <laughs> right. So at that time, it turns out they found out about it and their response was, you know, we're in Massachusetts, number one, mm-hmm. and number two, employees can do what they want with their off time you know
1: right. <laughs> wow
2: yeah um so you know i think that it brings up a point though with social media think about what you're putting out there what you're trying to accomplish uh what your message is and and you really have to stand by what you put out there because for the mm-hmm. most part once you put it out there it, it's it's there
1: right <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. at least like everything that you're involved with you 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 stand by it, and it's part of who you are, and mm-hmm. there's really no reason to even <laughs> like be worried about it. But I guess it takes all kinds,
2: right? It's true, and uh, you know, I think it's different. You know, I, I, as a musician, uh, what do you what do you feel about social media? Because you know, I think I think it can work for you. I think it has at times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts about it?
1: Well, I deleted my Facebook profile um, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I just got really tired of Facebook. And to have a musician's page on Facebook, you also have to have a personal profile. Mm-hmm. Is that still the same?
2: Is I believe it
1: so. Mm-hmm. So, I kept my musician's um page for Angela Edge music and created another personal profile that was private mm-hmm. and I still feel kind of bad like some people I know will every once in a while like send me a friend request, but i like if if I accept one, like I have to accept the other right and, and and it just grows again, and that's not really what what I want to be on there for. Like, right. I, I'm not I on Facebook, but like once every two weeks to check my message. Sure.
2: Interestingly, though, your your music page has grown. Being in that position, I, I would I would think it might not, but it it actually has grown more. I think.
1: Yeah, because once people get to know me, they they realize they don't like me, <laughs> so. <laughs> so if i'm not no it's it's true it's happened over the course of my career like once i okay. realize what my political beliefs are or oh
2: i see or right.
1: that i'm an atheist or just different things then they they realize that that they're not really into me as a persona so um, oh
2: so maybe it it leaves that mystery maybe there.
1: but mm-hmm. i am on twitter now and I um, use Twitter more as a news source, though.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I right. don't know.
2: Yeah, well, each platform has its uh, pros and cons, and you yeah. use each one for something different. But I do think that the, the mystery of not being able to interact directly with you on Facebook has helped to grow the business part of it.
1: I didn't something even think realize about. that because... Like how you could have thousands of followers and still not make any money from it.
2: Well, that's true. (laughs) So
1: I mean, no one's buying the music. So does it really help anything? (laughs) Goodness. So so Wendy, how, how do you like take it from followers to people that as an actual marketing plan Mm -hmm. to grow your business and profit from that?
2: Right. Well, um, I don't know the answer to that completely. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that as you develop a following that you interact with on a platform and people start to really trust you and what you're putting out for content, um, it's possible to then, in a discerning way, sell products or um, or have people... Uh, sponsor or support what you're doing um and so i think uh for me that's kind of the way that that i've gone with it um but it it really takes a long time to build that without um you know it without necessarily making money at it i think many of the people who have large social media followings are not making money and maybe they're they're not doing it for that purpose i don't know
1: yeah They're not, I mean, there's incredible musicians out there that are not making money online whatsoever. You have to tour. And like I was in the middle of tour, like booking all these gigs and then the pandemic happened. Right. And I kind of got thrown off my game. But yeah, I don't know. I think you're really good at that sales part of everything. And I just want to create. Right. You want to create too, but you you're really good at both of those things, and I think it takes an overall like you have to be good at all of it. Now, as an artist, you have to be able to promote yourself. You have to be able to create your whole brand. You have to be able to do marketing. Mm-hmm. You have to do uh, promotions like with video.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: have to do. It I all. think that
2: can. I think that can be true. Um, I, I recently, we did a couple of live. Um, shows here in, in Massachusetts and I was really shocked when one of the musicians who performed said I asked him about social media and he said mm-hmm. I'm not sure I have somebody who does all that and yeah um, you know he's a local guy and um, and I think that uh, that's wonderful if you can it seems do that like
1: it's rare though these days mm-hmm. to have people unless you're huge right with a lot of financing behind you
2: right yeah i think it can be difficult you know to be able to handle all aspects of it especially if really in your heart you're you're a creator uh we're talking about music or art yeah and that's where you want to put your focus so i understand that well coming up next uh some insights from my guest chris gibson Joining me now is skincare expert, holistic health coach, and esthetician, Chris Gibson. He is the best-selling author of the acclaimed book, Acne-Free in Three Days, and has a very successful YouTube channel. Welcome to The Ed Show, Chris. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here because we're talking about social media today, and in fact, in our little talk before we started filming I already was getting a little had questions uh, that need answering about what is in fact social media you know is YouTube considered social media uh, what are we talking about here
0: it depends on who's using it and what the reason is right for me I consider it a social media platform because I go on to do do very specific types of videos for a very specific type of audience which is generally true of every platform so um for instance skincare and beauty which is the the uh i guess niche that i'm in mm-hmm. uh, in the the large the larger version of it you know that has a good a very solid footing on instagram and a very solid footing on youtube
2: And, you know, I had the opportunity to take a look at your channel, which is amazing, by the way. Um, And I was thinking, yeah, skincare, you know, people are really interested in that, right? But not everyone builds a channel to 170,000 followers, (laughs) right? So what, what do you think sets you apart with your channel that brings so many subscribers and views?
0: I built a catalog. From the very beginning, I knew I needed to build a really good catalog. So I didn't, I mean, everybody wants to grow fast on YouTube. You know, you hear the stories of the people who overnight sensations, which is, mm-hmm. is uh, a blessing and a curse, um, actually, um, when you get into this and learn about all of this. Um, so I really concentrated on making the very best videos I could. When the channel began to get traction, because I had taken the time to do that, I had videos take off and go viral that were a year or two old. Mm. So, oh, I, in fact, one of them was a holistic health video on moles, warts, and skin tags. which there are holistic, you can buy things in the store, but there are holistic ways to handle those. Um, and I'm a holistic esthetician. That's my background. Um, and that thing took off. Not that great. I'm going to be known as the work guy on YouTube. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my going to be my claim to fame. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's it's going to be. And oddly enough, when the video editor took that long form content and turned it into TikToks and reels for me uh-huh. this year, they took off on TikTok. Really? You know, that's, a very, that's a topic that works very well on TikTok. Uh-huh. So, you know, my point in that being, because I took the time to make some quality content, I'm able to repurpose things.
2: So it sounds like there really aren't shortcuts. You have to put in the work,
0: yeah, create quality of
2: content.
0: Right. I mean, if you do comedy or you do music, uh, you know a lot of musicians have become famous on you from YouTube, that's a different situation. But if you're building a platform of um, you know how to or teaching something, hobbies, um, there's just so much competition mm-hmm. uh, for and I knew that already from the book industry, so that didn't really bother me as much. I think a lot of people are shocked when they sit down and think about the numbers of people that they're getting. You know, I have 170,000 subscribers, and, of course, and that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the top, less than one top 1% of all YouTube. It, wow. That, that pyramid gets really. Yeah, congratulations. That's at the top. amazing. Mm-hmm. But then there are people in my niche that have 4,000,000, subscribers. You know, so it's really, you just wonder. You could literally wake up on any of these platforms and have something you put out have gone viral and it can mm-hmm. completely change the game for you overnight. I uh, wanted to be prepared in case that happened. Sure. So I always say maybe because I was so prepared it didn't happen that way as quickly. <laughs> I have four, but I have four videos over a million views and for a, ch- a channel like mine in that niche that has um, that many subscribers um, to be able to accomplish that on those videos did that on their own through search on YouTube and through um, being able to keep a viewer on there and interested and being helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. I'm pretty proud of that.
2: Yeah, you should Uh, be. So if someone's kind of just getting started, what are a couple of uh, pieces of advice that you would give so that they don't make some of the common mistakes and, you know, can kind of uh,
0: start off on the right foot? Yeah. Like anything, a commitment um your videos may not be and this is posting on any of these platforms it's a commitment because what happens is if you make that commitment whether the video gets the views or the post gets the views and the likes or whatever or the followers if you if you make that long-term commitment and i did i said i don't care Mm -hmm. i want mistakes this is what i want to do i know this is what i want to do as you make and post content you will intuitively learn You'll learn from other people, and you'll study things to help you learn, and there's all kinds of things you can watch and read. But as you find your way, you will learn what people respond to from you, and Mm -hmm. you will collect, if you will, or connect with people who get your vibe. So Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, you think of it this way do i really want because there are channels that have 4 million subscribers i just hit 25,000 followers on instagram which for me is pretty big that's for mm-hmm. me um it, is it better to have a 4 or 5 million with super low engagement of 1 to 2% which i see on a lot of these large channels they yes. have a lot of people but you know they're not watching them anymore um cuz they're not getting they're not getting much more views than i do or do you want to have a couple hundred thousand? Everybody wants that hundred thousand because of course you get the thing to put on the wall for that, the mark on the chart for that, um, yes. that are really super engaged with four or five, 6%. And so brands, when you start talking about how to make money at this, brands have started looking at that. Um, mm. That maybe just because, you know, what am I getting? Four million subscribers and they're going to put a video out. But if they get 22,000 views on the video and this guy over here has got a couple hundred thousand or 100,000 or even 50,000, but they're super engaged and he gets, you know, 80,000, 90,000 views on his videos, that's where the value is for them. So it's changing a little bit.
2: I think you're absolutely right. The engagement is is what we're after. You know, sure, you know, lots of views are, are nice, and but when people actually ask questions, engage, share it, you know then you realize that they're really really interested in what you have to say and what you're putting out there
0: right and then and then you have you pick a platform and you can repurpose a lot of your content so you can still work it's you know i always say and this I, this was the advice i got from very large youtubers in the beginning and it was very helpful focus on one platform and get your head around it you know get get it understand it get it to be, to work for you. It doesn't mean you have to be a 50,000, you know, again, to be really understanding how to make that work and then where you can put out content on a very consistent basis, mm-hmm. then start focusing on your other pieces. And that's, I've just done that. And I've been doing this for four years. So we're just now putting out reels all the time on Facebook and on mm-hmm. Instagram. And I'm doing, I've always done the the personal stuff. But now I'm picking brands that they are not have a relationship with me. It's a product I tried if I like it. I do a Wednesday night skincare post on Instagram. Nice. Um, this is what I'm using. It's just a picture. Um, and people love that stuff. And they, you know, then they go look at the channel and go, oh, this guy's got a background. He knows how to formulate skincare nice. products. and these. So I get subscribers that way. But the biggest thing for me, and it's not going to be the same for everybody, is when people get helped. So the feedback, you know, people come mm-hmm. back and they say, that really helped me or my skin looks great, you know, and you walk. It helps that I'm older and mm-hmm. I've been doing this and I am visually, I don't look my age because of my, you know, I'm could be 59 in March. Oh, so you're uh, you're a year older than me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yes. We're not old. That's not old, but, you no. know, but, but for the people um, who, who have not, taking the best care of their you know they've got a lot of sun when they were younger stuff like that or just the confusion level of what to use mm-hmm. and should i be spending that much money on something is a drugstore brand as good as JLO's brand you know what is right. Right. all of that so yeah
2: yeah I, I agree with you you know i feel most happy when someone contacts me and says what you presented or what you had to say really inspired me yeah, or yeah. the information really helped me to improve my health or whatever it happens to be. So I'm right with you on that. That's, to me, that's success, you know?
0: Yeah. So that's a feel good out of it. You
2: know. Yes, definitely. Well, how can people get in touch with you if they want more information?
0: So yeah, it's very easy. My YouTube channel all of my contact information is under every single video. So I always say that's really the easy one. Uh, you can type my name in the search bar and I'm right there, you can't miss me. Um, and then, um, you know, for questions about, for business stuff, there's a, an email address. I also have a blog of skincare is your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the YouTube channel is called Skin So Fabulous. Again, a link is under every video, but that is a dynamic group. It's like a Facebook group that's not on Facebook. Um, mm. So people can actually direct message me, catalog videos a little differently than YouTube does over there to make it a little easier to find by topic because uh, YouTube can be a little, you know, because they're suggesting all the content right. so on that particular, bl- on my blog slash community. If you go to a topic, it's all my stuff. So mm-hmm. that they find that very helpful. So It's, it's I'm easy to find Chris Gibson friends on Facebook, on Instagram. Easy, easy, easy.
2: Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Sure, absolutely.
3: I'm Dr. Brian Nickel, your cannabis expert for cannabisexpertmd.com, with a cannabis pairing for The ed Show. This week we decided to go with the movie. I selected 2011's Melanch- Melancholia. This was directed by Lars Van Trier, stars uh Kristen Dur- Dunst, Charlotte Gainsborough, and Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, now, it's a movie that uh, really kind of sums it all up in the title. Melancholia is the old school term for depression. And that's what it kind of addresses. No matter where, what state of life you are in, no matter how much privilege you are subject to and, and have money, uh, depression it affects the individual and the individual, individual's entire family. Now, the movie uh, really is about the impending annihilation of Earth. There is a planet called Melancholia that's orbiting around in the uh, universe it's supposed to make a very close call by earth will cause some electrical changes and atmospheres things but it'll pass harmlessly off into space but as is often the case the authorities are wrong now this movie it does have absolutely breathtaking cinematography in this Uh, it's also paired with wagner's tristan and isol isolat now, that is an uh, opera score. Uh, really, it's a perfect match for this since the opera deals with human longing and suffering. Uh, kind of goes right along with the topic of this movie. Now, uh, obviously, this is not an uplifting, fun movie. It's one that you're either going to like or you're going to hate and be bored with. Uh, I didn't really pick it necessarily just to do a canvas pairing with, I did it to kind of highlight the whole idea of depression and melancholy and how canvas may be used to treat that. So, I selected based on the cannabinoid and terpene profiles available to me, as I always do. Nastral State Medicinals White Wedding. Oh, a good choice, too, is the uh, movie does feature a wedding right at the start. It is potent at 19% THC. What do you think about CBD? Trace. There? Yes, thank you. Trace CBD is present. Looking at the terpenes, as we always do, it is potent at 2.2%. Uh, it is heavily beta-caryophyllin dominant at 1.0%. Hemuline, Myrosine, and Limaline, they're all tied right at about 0.3% each. There is uh, linalool and Pinene right at about 0.12% each, and just a hint of terpinolene, enough to count at 0.06%. Now the THC, that does help with depression as does the Beta-Caryophylline. It really does help relieve depressive symptoms in a lot of patients. The uh, now uh, that is going to decrease any anxiety people are having. It might give you a little bit of a mood lift to get you out of the basement so to speak. Uh, the hemiline it will help a little bit with appetite control if you tend to overeat when you're depressed. And it will combine with the myrcine and the linalool to give a nice relaxing chill kind of uh, experience to the whole thing. There is enough pining in there to uh, give a bit of an energy and focus. It shouldn't cause issues for people that do have pining issues as far as anxiety goes. So White Wedding, now this would be something to consider uh, if you're going through your own melancholic times. uh, Always remember that whatever you're doing on earth, you need to enjoy it here while it lasts. Big take home message from that movie. Even if it seems like the entire universe is out to get you. For more information on all things medical cannabis, be sure to check us out on CannabisExpertMD.com. We're also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under CannabisExpertMD.
2: Well, we love it when you listen or watch The Ed Show on any platform. If you're watching on YouTube, though, please hit that subscribe button, like, and comment. Thanks so much. Well, that was great from Cannabis Expert MD, of course, as usual, and uh, some great insights from Chris Gibson as well.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you all had a good time.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, it's really important, uh, some of the things that he said, especially about uh, providing really great content and building your channel a little bit at a time. You know, over time, you have subscribers who really interact, and that's really what you want, you know?
1: Do you think it's possible to leave social media behind and just be in the real world? (laughs) <laughs> <As a business laughs>
2: the server. real world, what yeah. um, I, I think it's here to stay, and yeah. I think that we can all figure out how to make it work for us if we if we want to use it, uh, especially if you're a business person or you're creating video or audio content. Uh, I think you know it's just learning how to make it work for you is is really the road forward.
1: Okay. Where's that cabin we're going to move to off grid.
2: <laughs> Remember going to the cabin yeah. with no internet service.
1: Yeah. Now they have internet service though.
2: Oh, It yeah. slowly See?
1: started gradually creeping in.
2: <laughs> there's, there's probably really few places that you can go now where you're not going to be connected um, But I think it's still possible if that's what you really want. But if you want to build your business, build your social media profile for some purpose, Mm -hmm. it's all there for you. And um, I think Chris gave us some really good tips.
1: Yeah, sounds good.
2: Well, have a great week, everyone. Bye. The Ed Show is sponsored in part by 131 Inclusion Gallery. Lindsay Camp with Synergy One Lending.